welcome to episode 24 of the Saladcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined to cover one game this week by Ollie Warner. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. And it says then, one game this week, and it was FA Cup uh, football, wasn't it? And uh, we're joined this week by a guest who went yesterday, Aid Plimmer. Welcome back to the podcast. No problem, good to be here. Good man, good man. Obviously, we've got a guest on, Ollie, because I mentioned last week I wasn't going to make the FA Cup game. So, yeah, it was good that you both went, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And it was was a, a thoroughly enjoyable game. It was just... It's just really weird um, that there's a tinge of disappointment because we were just so good um, and we should have won the game. Mm, yeah, we've just been talking, haven't we, before we recorded and Aid was saying something similar as well. But it's a good good just chance before we get into just the one game to cover this week, really, because we spent a lot of time on the podcast last week talking about where we think Shrewsbury Town are and it's nice that we've got a guest on this week to ask them the same question. So, I don't know, Aid, let's just start with your 2020 speech for the start of the year. Where, where do you think Town are at the moment? I think we're in a really good place. Mm? Um, I think we're progressing. Uh, I think when I was here last time, we talked about it. Was there still a possibility that Sam Ricketts could get the sack? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think I said then, uh, I think we've got to stick with him and, and build a team, build a squad. That's exactly what he's doing. Mm. Some of the football we're seeing right now isn't pretty. No, nope. let's be honest, <laughs> but it's not diabolical. No, uh, and there were some passages of play yesterday. Uh, I was I think I was talking in the pub before about. Um, how Goss and Norburn were interchanging. So one of them would be the playmaker, one would drop off, mm. and then they'd reverse the roles. And that's a massive step forward for us as a football club and a, a team. And I think we've just got to be patient. And you know what? We'll finish the season where we finish it, but we're certainly not going to be in the relegation zone. Mm. And then maybe next year, that's the big push. That, that's how I look at it. Yeah, I think that's probably fair, isn't it, Ollie? It's a bit of a prevailing feeling at the moment that, you know, it, it, much as the football isn't entertaining, we're in a good position and there is a chance to kick on, whether it's this season or next season. And I think we talked about it a little bit at the Bolton game, Ollie, about the, the trying to unlock Giles and get him in a bit more of an attacking position. Obviously, you guys are going to talk about what happened at Bristol City in terms of his role and how he, he attacked. And maybe Ricketts is now starting to show us what he even admitted in one of his recent press conferences, which is unlocking the attacking threat that this team possess. And um, yeah, you know, we're all here on the same page, really, aren't we, about trying to wait for that little next step to happen, really, Ollie? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I'm kind of just sharing aids, aids bang on in terms of making progress. And it's it's nice not to be in a relegation um, battle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, interestingly, I was doing a bit of research in the week um, and came across a, came across a stat that since Bolton was taken over on the 28th of August... We've actually scored less goals than them. Yeah, oh, um, which God. is quite scathing considering they rebuilt. Well, they built a squad um, in in the season. Um, they scored eighteen goals. We've only scored mm. seventeen in the league, and I think that's just you know that's the only gripe that we've really got is that we just don't score that many goals. You know, you turn that around, and we we go from you know not just a playoffs team. I think we're you know if we add goals to this team, it could be God knows where we could go. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. that's the that's the, the tinge of frustration. But I understand it's a process. I understand you know it takes time to build you know a really solid team, and yeah, we're definitely making that progress. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? This this next six months, I, I think it's quite exciting. Again, you know that we're heading in a, in a good direction, and. Um, yeah, if you can unlock the goals aid, we could be in business, couldn't we, really? I think so, and I think that's the challenge, isn't it, in the um, in the transfer window that we do get that type of player that can create and score goals. Yep. Although Udo yesterday was showing some real signs of promise that he could do that for mm. us. Uh, we need that James Collins, that Grant Holt type. Now, you know, you can't just go and get them off the shelf from Tesco's. You no. can't do that. But what you can do, I think, is... is 
look at potential players and, and try and bring them in. I think we've tried but to do, do we that have in the past. them though? With Cummings and Okinabiri, do we not have those? That no, because because can... Faye got eighty nineteen goals last year and Cummings. I don't know. Connor... There's, there's potential in the squad. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely, Ollie. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think you're absolutely right. I think the challenge we've got is with the style of play we're playing at the moment. You need Cummings yeah. will finish in the box, won't he? Yeah. Okunabiri can finish in the box and he can shoot from outside, but he's got to run on it and be in space. He's not a target man. He can't hold the ball up. Udo does. He's not bad, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interestingly, we'll move on to the game in a minute, but one, one comment we haven't really mentioned in the agenda already is that I saw in the press today that Ricketts had come out and said that for some reason, and I didn't really see the details of it, and I don't think they gave the details, is Cummings is still not fit. He's still not where he needs to yeah, be. Yeah, well, let's hold that. He's been here ages. Let's hold that thought because we've got some questions. So let's oh, okay, hold that fine. for the, okay, the news. Cool, um, I haven't, for your defend your defence, I haven't added that in, but we've got some <laughs> questions we can go to when we get to Salad News. Shambles, Ollie, shambles. All right, we'll move on from uh, a shambles on this podcast, Ollie, to a very positive result in Bristol. Tom towards Lauren. He's made that his. This could seal it for 3-1. Lauren, can he finish? No, he can't. Akinabiri, he can. Salford hopes are dashed in stoppage time. So, FA Cup third round, Bristol City won, Shrewsbury Town won, um, a goal on 30 minutes for Bristol City and Goss equalised on 48 minutes in front of 9,730 fans with 1,123 fans from town. Now, I should just say, just right at the start of this, Ollie, before we go through some of the other stats that we've got, I didn't watch. I, I didn't go to the game, as I mentioned, I watched this on a, a stream on a dodgy app on my iPhone, which was good, on the train back from London and all I could hear on it the whole time was the town fans. You lot sounded amazing on Saturday 8 and, and to be fair, Second game in a row, we've taken a thousand fans away to. That's great effort from us as a club, isn't it? It is. When you think the size of town we are and uh, the following that we have to do that, I think back to back was amazing, especially over Christmas. Yeah, amazing. And yeah, we did make some noise. I think the whole vibe and the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, certainly when we equalised, it was even better. But the Bristol City fans hardly sung this at all and it, apparently it was their our cup final so uh, we were all enjoying that big time but yeah it, it, it's a fantastic stadium isn't it Ollie and um, you know it, it was just great to be there as, as town fans but to make some noise as well it was good yeah it's a nice tidy stadium um, I, I've never been to Bristol City before but um, yeah, it was interesting hearing Stuart Dunn um, as the game before the game saying that it's changed so much um, had free Wi-Fi Glenn so you'd have enjoyed that so you oh. get your tweets out quickly um, <laughs> but yeah really nice stadium um, and yeah it was it was nice to get there nice easy walk to the ground there's sort of like a bar outside the away end um, yeah really really good setup um, and it was yeah it's interesting you say that there was a really nice atmosphere amongst town fans you know there was no kind of aggro whatever it was just we were focusing on our own positive chance um, and it was a nice atmosphere Good. Yeah, I think FA Cup always brings the best out of us as a fan base, you know, especially with a, a big game at a sort of bigger club at the moment, I suppose, in terms of their, their league position and a championship team. Um, it kind of does bring the best out of our fans and we, we always do get behind our team in FA Cup games. You've got to say that. You know, there are times when we're pretty poor in the league and it's not quite so good, but FA Cup games, you can never you can never really fault town fans. But um, in terms of league position, I just mentioned then Bristol City are currently 11th in the championship, um, but they were 22nd in the form table, Ollie, and they'd lost five in the last six. So... Good time to be playing them, as we mentioned last week. 
yeah, good time to play them. Um, a lot of pressure on the manager. Um, a lot of I chatted to um, a, a Bristol City fan I met, met on a stag do a few years ago. <laughs> asked him a few questions. He's a season ticket holder, and yeah, they're, they're quite frustrated. Um, and you can kind of understand they're frustrated. Um, those guys that kind of on Twitter and know that the price of football, a guy called Kieran Maguire, who's yeah. a football um, ex-finance expert, I went back, did a bit digging, found an article he did about Bristol City, and Bristol City lost over half a million pounds a week Jeez. in their latest set of accounts. Their owners put in over a hundred million, um, and considering you know they've they've flirted with the playoffs a few times, that's not really a great return. No, um, and yeah, they spent seven million on on a midfielder in the summer, and yeah, they they certainly spent a lot of money. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they progress. But for all that money, um, yeah, their team don't look very good at the moment. And before we get to the team selection, another stat that came out, I think I saw yeah. I think it was either Lewis or, or Stuart Dunner tweeted about this last night. But it's how much we're starting to spread the goals out, Ollie. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. First of all, I came across this t- uh, kind of stat um, from a Bristol City reporter, um, and then Lewis Cox updated it and actually made it a bit more accurate because I think the guy was one out, or maybe he was just doing the league. But yeah, Shrewsbury Town now have got um, Goss scoring in this game. He became the 16th player that has scored this season, mm. which is, yeah, it's really encouraging that we've got so many players scoring goals. It's just a bit of a shame that we've got one player on three. And then we've got a number of players on two goals, um, which is a little bit frustrating um, in, in terms of league goals. But yeah, good good to Goss get his first goal for Tarts. I, I was I was going to joke, yeah, we've got 16 players and they've all scored one goal harshly, but it does feel a little bit like that this season, doesn't yeah. it? But uh, it's a fair thing, isn't it, Aid? I think at the moment, say the goal's getting spread out and you know we've we've had a couple from defenders chipping in and you always like to see that, don't you? You'd like your 20-goal-a-season striker, but if everyone's getting one here and there, we, we need more goals. But it's good that you know we've got people who can be relied on to nick that one goal we need to, to get positive results. I think with the way we're playing and the style of play, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. But it just highlights, I think, with the stats you've said, that... <laughs> We've got to somewhere get a goal scorer or develop a goal scorer within the squad, and uh, that's not always easy. Yeah, we'll revisit that when we talk about the transfer window again, won't we, Ollie? But um, yeah, we'll just go through the team then, really, because as I say, I, I only watched the last half of this on a dodgy stream in Polish commentary, so I have no idea what was going on most of the time. Um, but yeah, the, the team was Murphy, obviously, with um, Max O'Leary being uh, unselectable because he plays for Bristol City, so he started in goal, and then the back three was Pierre, Ebanks, Landell, and Williams, so same as Bolton. Um, and then we had Goldborn and Love as the wing-backs with Norburn and Goss in central midfield and then Laurent, Giles and Ado in the attacking positions. But I will leave it to you guys to explain quite how those three played, Ollie. Yeah, I'd say Laurent was probably a little bit deeper in more of a natural midfield kind of role, but he was definitely playing on that kind of right flank. And Giles was very attacking, kind of almost playing like a bit of a natural um, left-sided winger. Um, with Ado up, up front, and Aid mentioned Ado, I think it's worth just saying straight away, um, you know he's not six foot, but he was a really, really good um, target man. And I thought he had a, one of probably his best game he's had for Shrewsbury. Would you agree, Dave? Absolutely, he was immense, and uh, I think it's part of a team performance. But he was able to hold the ball up, wasn't he? Bring people into play, and that then helped Giles and Laurent as well. Because I think that's the challenge with Ockenberry. Ockenberry can't really do that mm. uh, at the moment, anyway. Um, but Ado does, and uh, yeah, he was awesome, absolutely awesome. And did that mean that people got closer to him? He wasn't quite as isolated yeah. as they yeah. would have been. That's good. Yeah, it was good actually. At one point, I wanted to make, and you know, we're quite quick sometimes to criticise the manager for not making substitutions or whatever. But I thought his setup and the balance in this team was absolutely superb. Um, Great. I couldn't criticise the manager at all the way he set the team up. It was, I think this is hopefully the balance we're going to see. You know, we had um, we've got Norbert and Goss just bossing midfield. Um, they often against three players as well, so obviously they had a bit of a challenge there. 
Um, and then we had yeah plenty of men getting forward. So yeah, Giles and Lauren supporting a doe. So for me, it was one of probably the best um, we've seen all season from a kind of balance perspective. I don't know Fantastic. What your view on that was aid. It was nice to see. Yeah, I, I was saying to Glenn before we started that Norburn and Goss were absolutely brilliant in Boston midfield, weren't they? One would sort of become the playmaker and the other one would just go behind picking up pieces and then they didn't change, they changed their roles. And brilliant. for me, as I, as I said, you know, I think being a town fan, to see that type of invention from the squad was brilliant. So uh, let's just hope that wasn't a one-off and there's more to come. And we, we should just say before we get into the game, we talk about team selection and tactics and getting it right for cup games. And you look at his record in the FA Cup games, generally Ricketts seems to kind of find the right tactic. And even if he makes a mistake like Stoke away in the first half, he, he seems to kind of pick up on that quite quickly. And, and it, you know, it is quite a positive for Amali, I think, in terms of his, his record in the FA Cup now, in terms of the the kind of calibre of opposition we've easily put away and then the calibre of opposition we've given good games to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've yeah, I'm thinking particularly of the Wolves game, which was obviously a real big test yep, in yep. terms of their quality. And yeah, he got the team well set up. And it's interesting, just thinking about how the team performed. They were very calm. There was no kind of like, there was no, we didn't feel in awe of going to a championship team. And it was a, it was a really very kind of professional job from the team. Well, I don't know if you guys saw it. Obviously, you were probably travelling back, but I was looking at Twitter on the way back. And um, Neil Warnock, who was covering the game for either TV or radio, said, we look like the championship team. So I think in terms of what you've just mentioned there, Ollie, the, the way that they played the game with a calmness, I think that's maybe what personified that comment from Warnock. That's a really interesting comment. Yeah, I can just see why you made that, that mm. assumption. Um, I think we will definitely get on to Bristol when we get to the, when we normally <laughs> do talk about the opposition. Um, they were a bit of a shambles, but um, yeah, we, we let's just be positive and let's be fair. Shrewsbury were really, really good in this game. So obviously, I, I wasn't here. I was on the train. I didn't watch any of the first half. I listened to a bit of it on the radio with, with Dunny, but um, my overall view of it is we, we weren't quite as good in the first half as the second half. But I'll leave it to you guys. How, how did Town start this game, Aid? Brilliant. Really? Um, oh, okay. They looked in control. Bristol City are going to give us space, aren't they? Yep. So, so that's always an interesting thing. Championship side are going to play Championship style football. But we're still positive, weren't we? We're still physical with it as well. But we had space and time. And that's why I think uh, Norman and Goss were purring, weren't they? Because they were they were just able to pass. But they upped the tempo. And mm. I think that's the first time I've really seen us up the tempo. So they get a ball out to Giles and he'd run. And, All right, we, you know, we'll speak about crossing a bit later. But, <laughs> you know, then they were backed up by Love and Goulburn who were pushing on. And you thought... Hang on a minute, this is really good. And we we had a few good chances, didn't we? First wow. 15, 20 minutes. It was uh, it was really impressive to see. And what stood out to you in that, that opening section, Ollie? Yes, yeah, as I said, yeah, we had two shots in two minutes and they weren't just, you know, they weren't just like, you know, long ranges or, you know, powder puff shots. They were really good efforts. Um, and yeah, we started really brightly. Um, as Aid said, definitely focused down attacks down the left, using Giles's pace to good effect. And, you know, when... Um, Goss is in, in in good form when he's spraying those balls and he was spraying balls left, right and centre, particularly down to the left, obviously he's left-footed um, getting balls out quite quickly and yeah, we were, we were a really, really effective team and um, it was a, a good start to the game. Um, yeah, Ado had a good effort um, which was just went wide, which was a really, really good a good shot from him. Um, Goss had a good good effort from a corner as well. Um, this was all in kind of the, the first half of the game in no particular order. Um, and then there was a really, really good effort um, with an, an Ado cross. Um, and Bristol City, which who did the commentary for the BBC, made the comment that Bristol need to wake up at this point, which for me just kind of yeah. shows how well Shrewdy Town started. Wait, so at what minute did you think, oh, we missed loads of chances, we're definitely going to lose this? <laughs> I, didn't I didn't have that, that feel at all. <laughs> okay, no, no, that's always, no. That is always a very... 
crystallising thought with Shrewsbury Town fans because <laughs> normally any league game or you know standard approaches if we missed a couple of chances early on I think we're going to lose it but obviously you both sort of disagreed with me there so that's good I think that maybe proves that it was such a competent performance Absolutely I think uh, you know again thinking back about it we we were bright and even though when Bristol scored it I thought it was against the run of play it was a good goal yeah. but you looked at the team you thought well you know what if we could just nick one back here we'll be alright and that's exactly what happened later on Yeah and do you want to do you want to cover the goal Ollie? Yeah, so it was um, unfortunate, and they took a corner short and crossed it into the box, um, and then yeah, um, big 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 player jumps up, headers it, and looping header into the back of the net. Murphy had no chance. I saw he got a bit of criticism um, for, for the for that, which is a bit odd. Um, I thought Murphy actually had a really good game, um, but nothing he could really do. It was just one of those. It was an absolutely pearl of a cross. Um, to be fair. Um, yeah, maybe you can yeah. question the defending, but sometimes you you know you, you do concede to a, a good cross. He's an international striker, wasn't he? And I think the guy that crossed it had played some international. Yeah, he's as well, a so. Swedish Swedish winger. Um, yeah. got their most assists, crossed the ball into the box, um, and yeah, it was it was a good goal. It was a, it was a quality goal, to be fair, and a one you'd expect of a a, cha- a a championship side. And before we get to some late saves from Murphy that I saw on the highlights, well, I mean, we talked about you know how the midfield performed, and, and you've talked about Ado, but in that first half, you know, did the defence have that much to do? Were they as solid as normal? You weren't really worried about the made. No, we were really solid yeah. and. Um, we really defended well. That's why it's disappointing to to concede the goal we did because it, it was just one of those headers comes from across looping header and you just oh no come on town. <sighs> Got but yeah you know we were fine where we are you know there was no complaints in the town fans we just wanted them to to try and get a goal back and uh, as we said they did so mm. yeah the two saves from Murphy later on were, were immense. Wait, was yeah. that down your end, Ollie? The saves from Murphy? Um, yeah, it was in right in front of us. Wow. Um, so yeah, so there was a. A, a, sh- a good save to his left from a shot, which he parried out for a corner. And then there was a shot straight at him, um, which he kind of, he did react to it and kind of hit his knee and went away. Um, and then there was a couple of other good saves that he made. So it was really weird. It was in a space of about a minute. He got peppered. Um, but <laughs> other than that, um, yeah, he didn't really have that too much to do. And we did, we were, they found it very hard to break us down. And it's probably a summary of the whole game. And that they, you know, even when they brought their, some of their better players on, I mean, we did a really good job of limiting their chances. And, you know, they, they had less chance, less shots than us in the whole game, um, which is just a testament to how well the team worked. Um, to kind of summarise, like, maybe the first half, for me, it was, I thought, we, you know, we had a lot of good possession. We had some really good shots. Um, you know, we were dominating play, but a little bit of an old familiar story, just kind of the final ball just wasn't quite there. Um, but I said this at a hard time. Salah can get back into this one, and a goal would be an interesting test for, for Bristol. Obviously, mm. knowing that their fans were, you know, not overly happy with how their team's going at the moment. And I guess your your thoughts at time are still, you know, just talked about a positive we aid. But I, I guess you just same thing. If you could get, you would just wanted that goal back, really. Yeah, I went in the concourse at half time. Was talking to town fans. I think we all, you know, were, were pretty positive about what could happen. Yeah. it was the old days about could we score a goal. <laughs> and that that was always the challenge. But you said, well, if we could get one back here, come on, we we could even go on and win this because. They're not doing much, and we've got most of the play. We're bossing the midfield. They've got quality players. We know they're going to bring people on, and they did. But they didn't dent us. They didn't look, mm. uh, as everybody said, they didn't look like a championship side. No, they had, to, did. they had to bring Wyman on second half, didn't they? He was yeah. one of their better players, and I think he was involved in a few things second half, Ollie. But um, yeah, anyone got any reviews of the buffets at Bristol City? Yeah, um, very expensive. <laughs> okay. Although the Buckham Bitter was. Good. Oh, there you go. And it's one of my favourite beers anyway. <laughs> but five pound a pint, I think, was pushing it. Oh god. Um, 
but yeah, um, food generally was okay because I've got to put that in my program article to be honest. Just thought about that. Um, but yeah, it was it was okay, wasn't it? But very expensive. Did you sample it, Ollie? I did have a pie. I'd say their forks aren't very good. I broke a fork. <laughs> I had to kind of eat it just the end. That, but, um... Do you know what, Ollie? That's prime salad cast. We're now we've now reached the point about moaning about forks. I think that's that's, <laughs> that's right in our wheelhouse. That is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Oh dear. But, Go on. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best. I'm sure they probably have better fare for the home fans, but um, yeah, not the best. But um, we had Gloucester services to keep us. Um, we did, on the way home. didn't we, Ollie? We Man. did. Oh, it's just the best amazing station in the world. You, you two met you two met each other at Gloucester services on the way, home, I we believe. Did. And you, you'll always have Gloucester services. We will. <laughs> Can't take anything <laughs> away from us. Anyway, uh, you had to cool. celebrate Good anyway because. One thing I was going to say, I don't know if you guys got a chance to walk past the, the Lansdowne stand, which is the new stand there, but um, the concourses w- w- seem to be huge, and the turnstiles wow. are almost like an airport style. <laughs> right. So you go and scan, but it was like, it wasn't like a big thing, it was almost like a, a little turnstile, like oh, you wow. get at the airports. Oh, that's nice. So we were looking and going, wow, you know, what an amazing, you know, sort of type of football ground really I mean some some genius had the idea of making big concourses who'd have ever thought that was a good idea it's never going to catch on but Bristol <laughs> apparently have gone for it so uh, we were in the old end but yeah it does look like it's a really nice stage actually something I forgot to mention um, as the players were kind of lining up to come out um, they had a camera on the players in the tunnel and that was kind of broadcast onto the big screen which I thought was something I'd never seen before that was yeah, quite good, good. Mm, yeah yeah, well, when you get in the championship, you've got the money to do all these little nice things, haven't you? Exactly. Unfortunately, thanks to uh, Rotherham, we didn't get the opportunity to do that. But anyway, as I say, you were, you were celebrating at Gloucester Services on the way in, but that was because we had a very positive second half, Ollie. Yeah, we did. It didn't take too long, um, actually, to get to get a goal. So we have a corner, and it gets lumped into the box, gets um, cleared by a Bristol City player, and it comes straight to Goss, who, gets, who shuffles his body and has a, a shot on his left foot, and it curls, hits the post, and goes into the back of the net. And if those who haven't seen it, the BBC highlights, I, I urge you to go to the BBC website yeah. just to listen to the sound of it hitting the post. It had that almost like that Nolan sound uh, where yes. it's Charlton. It had the same noise, and it was, yeah, a pearl of a strike. Um, and yeah, it was it was nice to see Goss get on the, the score sheet, and you can imagine town fans went absolutely mad. And yeah, we definitely turned the volume up to eleven after that. Uh, before I ask Aid about that, it's, it's funny you say about the noise of a ball in the post when it's just that you've got that minute of uh, sort of two three seconds of the shot having been taken of the fans withdrawing a breath, and then there's a pretty much a silence across the ground. And then if you can hit the post or the bar, you, you really hear that noise, and it does make a goal sound and look better I think and and I agree with you the Nolan ones when we talked about the podcast before but growing up I always remember watching a Leeds Liverpool game and Tony Aboa smash one onto the bar and it went down and in like that and, and for me that's the one when I remember the noise of a something hitting a stanchion it's, it's that goal weirdly but um, yeah I'm sure he went I'm sure he went mad or uh, aid as soon as it went in <laughs> I was very reserved I stood there no I don't know I went absolutely nuts with everybody else it was uh, no it was amazing and again Ollie I agree with you you could see the ball and it hit the person. You're just hoping it's, it's going to go, and it did, and it hit the back of the net, and everybody just went loopy, really. It was just brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant feeling. Another good moment in the FA Cup for Ricketts, as we said. Um, and, and yeah, we're, you know, 1-1, Ollie, that's it. Then I think from, from the positives you guys have been talking about, I think it was full guns for the win, I guess. Um, yeah, they, they made a few changes then, and they brought on um, Vyman, um, yeah. who played on the left wing for them. Um, he had a really good ball through ball from Palmer, who's a good player for them. Um, but good pressure from Murphy came running out really quickly and forced Vyman to shoot in. Yeah, and um, that went yeah. out for a, 
a corner. But, you know, after that, considering they brought on a player of his calibre, he was pretty quiet apart from that one moment. Mm, um, and I think it's was. fair to say that yeah. the next, um, the next, the, the remaining chances of the game um, came, fell to Shrewsbury. Um, there was a absolute superb strike from Laurent and it hit the post. And yeah, if it had been a couple of centimetres inside, it would have gone in, um, which was, yeah, I, I don't know how you felt at that moment. I, I thought, is this going to go in? I shouted goal. <laughs> I, I, I looked at um, a couple of lads. I, I was with Graham Webster and um, Vaughan and I, I said goal because you could see and I just thought, it's just going to go in the back of the net. And it didn't. It hit the post and there was that sound again. It just bounced. And we were like, oh, yeah, head in a hand, this type thing. But uh, yeah, what an amazing strike that was. It was class. I mean, I was watching the highlights on the train and uh, I, I got a big nudge off the wife because when he hit that shot and he came off the bar, I was like, oh, it was gone. And she went, shh, in the quiet carriage. So <laughs> I got told off on the train. But yeah, you're right, Aid's word there, class, I think, was what it was. It was an outside the foot little dink chip from out, right on the edge of the box, wasn't it? And it, it, it does show the boy's got a lot of ability in terms of what he can do. And, um, you know, we had that little purple patch a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? And then he went a little bit quiet for the two games over Christmas. But sounds like he's sort of back to that purple patch, Ollie, now. Yeah, it's just it's just a shame it just didn't go, quite go in. Um, I think that's oh, just one element he just needs yeah. to add to his game. To you know, his dribbling stats and all that kind of stuff are going to get people who are kind of watching him. But yeah, he needs to score a few more goals. I think if, uh, if he's going to he's going to play at a higher level, um, mm, mm. which is interesting. Um, interestingly, um, so Wally was warming up, aid wasn't he? And he came on in 66 minutes. Um, and did you expect him to come on for a doe? No, I didn't. It was a bit strange. We all sort of looked at each other and thought, well, I wonder if he was injured or I wonder if he, you know, I couldn't really understand why they'd done what they'd done, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, it was strange. But I thought the one thing I would say from Ricketts, that, that was a bit of a ballsy call, wasn't it? Because, you know, doe was doing so well. And then you bring in on uh, Wally and trying to push him up front. Who's going to hold the ball up? But we sort of changed our style of play, didn't we? We sort of hit it into his feet or tried to hit it over the back into the corners. And then our guys were trying to run onto it and then mm. then come inside. Kind of kept Bristol City guessing, I suppose. Yeah, it was it was it was a, an odd decision and a decision that I, I wanted to see Cummings or or maybe Wally come on for maybe Lauren, who's played a lot of games, you know, this season. Um, but to be fair to Ricketts, um, Wally did actually was a threat up front, um, and he actually had. We actually saw. Um, you're gonna, you won't believe this, um, Glenn, um, but Norman right. did a through ball um, to Wally, um, but unfortunately, a last gas kind of really good tackle from a Bristol City central defender meant that Wally was denied a, a shot at um, goal, and oh. you know who knows what he might have done, but it would have been an absolutely superb um, opportunity because by the time he'd have like got to the ball and had a shot, it would have been around the penalty area spot. So it would have been an absolutely superb opportunity. It was just, he just couldn't quite get to it. And the defender did well, a good job, to be fair. If Norburn is playing through balls through the middle, you know, Nolan-esque, then we really are trying to unlock the attacking potential of this team because that ain't happened at all this season, has it? Let's be honest about it. So that's another positive to take from this game then, Ollie. Um, and yeah, and that I, I so that chance was, I was going through a tunnel, I missed that chance on the train, but that was quite late on, wasn't it? And um, yeah, there wasn't, wasn't, too many other clear cut chances for either team. I don't think going forward from there was there. No, no, there wasn't really too much more. That was kind of the the last kind of big moment of the game, um, and then Giles came off on eighty seventh minute, bringing Lang on, um, which I'd hoping to see give Lang have a bit more time. Bringing a player on with three minutes of normal time to go is a bit odd, and yeah, it's a bit of a theme for us kind of criticising timings of, of of substitutions. But for me, it just felt a bit a bit too late. 
he's, he's coming back from injury though, Lang, isn't he? So that's kind of ideal for him to come in for for a late little shift and, and probably not get injured and get another game under his belt. I think for, for Ricketts, that's probably what works better. And, and again, but there was watching... Cummings on the bench as well. Ockenberry well, wasn't even in the yeah. squad. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit of a theme we ha- I have, um, and maybe yourself as well, is that I don't want A's viewers on this. Uh, would you say that sometimes Ricketts' substitutions are a bit conservative? Yeah, they, they were at Bolton, weren't they? But <laughs> yeah. the, the good thing, I think, about this one was how sharp was he? Yeah, he looked it, good. It, I thought, wow, you know, considering he's, he's been out with the injury he has, God, he looked sharp. And I thought, <laughs> that is a massive plus for us yeah. going into the, the rest of the season. So uh, he kind of come back, He's come back quite quickly. and Well, not quickly, kind of out of the radar. There hasn't really been any talk of him. And, um, yeah, I was... I was you know, watching him in the warm up, um, doing shots, and he seemed, he seemed like you know he wasn't um, holding back in his, in his shots, um, so he looked, he looked in pretty good shape. We're not the usual town of the eighties and nineties where we seem to rush players back from injury and they get injured straight away. I think our medical team and, and the sense that uh, you know the football's changed is we don't tend to rush players back so much now. And if he's back in the squad, he was probably fit to play. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fit, fit to play the role that he did. And again, I agree with Aid. He looked good on on the, the 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 stream I was watching. You know, he looked quite busy. There was one little moment where I think he turned it in there and and someone had a little half shot. It wasn't wasn't a great effort late on, and um, you know looked looked lively enough. But he's going to be great for us into twenty twenty anyway in terms of, of bringing him back. And Ricketts keeps talking about him being a new signing. He is, he is right in that circumstance. He gives us options, though, doesn't he? Because if you think about, we again, we've missed a, another play. can just do something slightly different. He works well with Cummings. So, again, you've got that option. So, yeah. you could go with an Adu. I, I'd like to see Adu and uh, Okunabiri play together because... You know, you think back to Akrington away, yeah. How good they look that day. So you've got that option. You you need four good strikers, don't you? So if we could get them to sort of play in a system that works, this system seems to be working with the balance of players we've got. But you know, mm. if you're going to let the shackles off, maybe that's how we're going to have to do it. Yeah, well, we'll have to see, won't we? And and you know, we've talked about how positive town we obviously we went on to get the draw there and, and replay coming up. Fantastic yeah. for everybody. You know, what do you make of Bristol City, Ollie? Because clearly they're not having much of a good time at the moment, are they? No, not at all. I think it's fair to say that time were the better side and throughout the game. We had more game. possession, yeah. Yeah, we had more possession. Um, so we had 53% of the possession. We had 14 shots to their nine, um, six corners to their three. And we very much dominated the game. They were they were very, very poor. And it's funny that the guy um, who I mentioned at the start, a um, guy called Ross, um, he, he messaged me as soon as the game finished. Um, saying you know he he was hearing that it was quite a poor game and I described their team as quite lame they were they didn't seem to have much kind of they played in a a classic four two three one very kind mm. of rigid formation and what they were doing was just seemed so obvious and um, they almost said they were relying on a bit of brilliance from a player to do something they didn't seem to be a team there um, which is really strange and Aid said that you know earlier on in the pod he mentioned that we were physical. But I wouldn't say we were overly physical. You know, we weren't, you know, we were quite a strong team in that in that regard. But I just felt that they were, I don't know, they didn't seem to have any desire to kind of win the ball or, you know, it's just, they just seem a little bit, yeah, well, they're a team that's in low confidence. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't very impressed with Bristol. So, like, yeah, I think, you know, that's a fair comment, Ollie. Do you think that it was, because there's a lot been a lot of things floating around with the manager at Bristol City this week. Did it feel like a performance where they weren't playing for the manager? Wouldn't go that far. I no? just think okay. they looked a disjointed side because they've been cobbled together. That, okay. that would be my view. But they still had that quality of being a championship side. You could see in terms of their touch and their, their passing, but it just wasn't. It wasn't really creating until they got the goal. I mean, mm. they did have a couple of chances, didn't they? We, we talked about the saves, but apart from that, 
I thought we were pretty much in control of that game. But and from reading what for some of the Bristol City fans, Ollie, it wasn't like they played a hugely weakened squad either. Maybe two or three different, wasn't it? They didn't they didn't play like their reserves and youth lads, did they? They played no. a pretty strong team. Yeah, they played a pretty good strong team. And yeah, there was a um, a tweet from a um, uh, a Bristol fan. Um, he said, "Credit to Shrewsbury, they were the better team, and we were terrible at home again in, in capital letters." And he said, fair play to, to Shrewsbury Town fans, one of the noisiest away fans at Ashton Gate this season. Um, and yeah, he's looking forward to making the trip to Shrewsbury once to tick off. So I thought, um, yeah, it was it was fair comment from the Bristol, fan, Bristol City fans. They, they were good, I thought. In terms, I've read a lot of stuff on Twitter like that, very similar about how good our fans were and, and how well we adapted ourselves as a League One team. I think they came across as quite a, quite a uh, what's the word, you know, a generous fan base to, to a team that from a league division down came and, and gave them a really good game. And obviously they've got their own problems at the moment, but our opportunity in the replay is to, is to knock them off now. I think it's, it's a fantastic chance, isn't it? So we'll maybe get to replay later when we talk about the next few games coming up, Ollie. But um, yeah, let's round this game off. What about your top three? So my top three, I went for Goss, um, then for Goldborn, and then went for Doe. Um, Goss because I thought he's just passing was brilliant obviously scored the goal Goldborn had uh, for me an absolutely superb game nothing came down his side uh, but I thought he was re- his passing um, was really really good and Ado just put in a, in a mighty shift um, I thought he was really really excellent good good and um, some similar names in your top three eh? yeah it was really hard actually it um, was very hard wasn't it yeah it's a, talking about the you know in the pub uh, beforehand uh, but Goss I thought just edged it over Norburn Cool. And then a do, but you know, shout outs for Giles, shouts out for Lauren, shouts out for Goldburn. You know, it it was a great team performance, but those three just edged it for me. Yeah, yeah I, I, saw, I saw a lot of positivity about Murphy as well in terms of those saves he made that kept him in the game. And we were talking the other week, Ollie, about Lewis Cox's uh, player ratings, weren't we? And um, I noticed that this week when he gave them out today, he gave quite a few eights and two nines as well. So I think yeah. for, for seeing you know Lewis's ratings over the last few years, it does show how competent a performance that was, really. Yeah, it was a really, really good, really, really good performance. Um, I asked town fans, you know, who their top three would be. Giles is in a lot of people's teams. Um, I thought yeah. he had a, he had a really really good game. He was a big threat. Um, he was really important in the way that we played. Um, because their right back, I think it's fair to say, had a bit of a shocker. Um, he put you know played passes out for throw-ins and things like that. Um, but the threat that we had um, from Giles and put them made them unease. Um, and he had a really really good game. Um, awesome. Just just that final ball. Um, um, just needs to improve. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's playing a slightly different role as well, to be fair to Giles. You know, he's been coming from wing back, but now he's starting in a more advanced position. Let's give him the, the time it oh, takes totally. to sort of... And he's a kid as well. You know, he's a young exactly. kid. And, and I think it's just because, you know, you, you sometimes, you know, it's, maybe it's a bit harsh, but sometimes you're more critical on your better players. Yeah, yeah. And he is a player that certainly has potential. And maybe that's why we're kind of expecting more from him than maybe some of our other players. There was a lot of Bristol City fans I saw again on Twitter in the post-match reaction saying, oh, my, that Giles of Shrewsbury, let's go out and get him, not knowing that, unfortunately, he's, he's a, a Wolves, Wolves player. But to be honest with you, if I was Bristol City, the chances are we outplay this season for us and have done well, we'll go back to Wolves, unlikely to be pushing to get into Wolves' team in the Premiership anytime soon, but that loan to a Championship next year seems the obvious move. So, you know, if yeah. I was Bristol City, I'd be making, I'd be making mm. some moves now, to be honest, because yeah. he could do a job for them next year. Yeah, totally agree with that. Just, just a concert, yeah, Giles has got two assists so far this year. I'd hope for him to get in the league. I'd hopefully, you know, if he gets hopefully over five by the end yeah. of the year, um, and then I think that will then set him up well to kind of go and play in the championship. I think you're completely right, Glenn. I think you know next year he should be aiming to play in the championship. Um, yeah. But yeah, really good player, and he put in a real solid shift. Worked really hard, um, and yeah, was a key element in our in our in our offensive play. 
We'll have to get promoted just so we can keep him. Um, <laughs> there we go. We'll round it off with Ricketts' comments. Um, yeah, I did. I did hear this first sort of. Uh, headline quote where he said I thought we were excellent for the vast majority of the game which again from running through this game sounds like a very fair comment Um, he said we started the game well and we were thinking how long will this go on but it just kept going on the biggest appointment the biggest disappointment was Bristol City scoring from a set piece I don't think they had anything until then we were the team in the ascendancy and I'm just disappointed we went a goal down from that we didn't let it affect us and we finished the half very strongly and came on in the second half um, we came out strong, got the equaliser and carried on trying to push to get the winner, which is great because we've been criticising the team for that a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. Um, we just couldn't get the goal that we deserved. It was the last action that was missing, but overall I thought the players were outstanding. It'll be a special night in the replay. The game will certainly be something the fans will get behind. It'll be a good atmosphere, but we need to think about our league games, which are important. When the time comes to the FA Cup, we'll make sure we're ready, which again, Ricketts has proved over the last six months to a, to a year really that... We, we can sort of focus in on those FA Cup games and try and keep the league form going. And Ollie, you were talking the other week about the FA Cup being a distraction. Uh, sorry. But Ollie, you were talking last year about the FA Cup being a distraction. Um, but again, I, I still don't think it's a distraction this season, is it, because of our league position? No, I said it on the last <laughs> pod, the same thing. I know you did, yeah. yeah it's definitely not. And it's something, you know, definitely, it's the reason why, one of the reasons why I went, I was like genuinely looking forward to the FA Cup. Yeah, and, yeah when, when you're, when you've got, a, when we're mid-table, we're safe, you know, we potentially could have something special at the end. But for me, the FA Cup run is, um, yeah, perfect to keep the fans entertained. And hopefully it can be a good game at home. And what would you fancy it big time, Aid? Yeah, I love the FA Cup. Anyway, <laughs> I posted uh, on the day of the match that you know the FA Cup means quite a lot to me. Yeah, it's a special time, and I think it gives us some excitement. What else would make a thousand people get up at seven o'clock in the morning to go to Bristol on a Saturday morning? Exactly. So I think yeah, from that point of view, I'm I'm really looking forward to the replay. It's going to be under the lights. It'll be yep. great atmosphere, and if we get a top draw then who knows, yeah. it, it yeah. could be even more special. And we'll know that by then as well. So but the, the replays on um, Tuesday the 14th of January. It's always tricky that one, isn't it, though, where you think if we get a top team, because you you often think, oh, well, Bristol probably will play a much stronger team you know, than they maybe did in the first games. They'll want to go to Liverpool or they'll want to go to Spurs. Got, well, we've got two league games between now and then. If yeah. they lose another two games, which would make it only winning one in eight, There'll be serious pressure on the manager, so be interesting to follow their their results mm. in the next few weeks. We will do. We'll look at it next week when we come back, won't we, Ollie? Just to keep a track of things. But um, yeah, all in all, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I say, I think Aid's right about the FA Cup. I've said this on the podcast loads of times about how much I love the FA Cup, I and mean, I've not missed many games this season. And I was a bit gutted it was an FA Cup game. I had a lovely time in London for the weekend, but you know, I'm kind of glad that we got a replay because I get to still be part of the FA Cup journey, you know, to the end of this season. So I was quite delighted to get a draw, but um, I'd obviously like to win more. Um, but there we go. We'll move on to some up news. And it goes towards Stevens. And Robinson gets to it, and that's it. Shrewsbury have done it again. And the substitute scores the clinching goal. So, Salem news. So, I think it's worth focusing on the January transfer window. Um, mm-hmm. So, within like basically almost minutes of the of um, <laughs> people coming back to work on the Thursday on the second, um, we had some quick fire news. Um, so two loanees have gone back to their parent club. So Thompson has gone back to Norwich and McCormick has gone back to Chelsea. Um, no surprise there, really. Um, and then um, the French player, Fain, had his contract terminated, mutually agreed, terminated, ended, um, and he's gone back to France. Yeah. So no real surprise there. Um, it does obviously mean that we've got, um, you know, you can only have five um, loanees in your match day squad. So that opens up an opportunity to potentially get an extra player or two on loan. 
Yeah, I don't think it's any surprise the two lone players went back. Uh, I think I would agree with you about that. Yeah, the fan A one, though, was a bit more sort of odd, wasn't it, considering he's only been here a couple of weeks. Now, I'm led to believe there's a, a family issue that's meant he has to go back to France, which is totally fine. It's really unfortunate for us as a club, and for him, that it's happened, because it was a real chance for him to get back into English football, establish himself at a League One club, and, and no doubt he would have got time between now and the end of the season. So, again, we don't know the details of it. I believe it's it's not great, um, and I guess in this circumstance of fan base, we can only wish the bloke and his family all the best, really. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. We never really got to see him, um, no. see him perform. Um, but I guess if there's, you know, it's, if we had to lose a midfielder, you know, we're in a very solid place, aren't we? With Walker, um, yeah, yeah. Goss, Laurent, Norburn. Um, so maybe we'll bring an extra player in, in on loan. But um, yeah, maybe uh, uh, more attacking, attacking one of. And I was going to ask Aid really about Thompson and McCormick. Is there a tinge of sadness about either of those that we didn't maybe see a bit more out of them? Thompson, definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. Thompson, for me, could have been a, a real star in our team. I don't know why he's not really progressed. But then you, you look at our midfield. I mean, you know, Edwards as well. You yeah. Know? We, we've got such a strong midfield. McCormick, again, that was the same. He was very much like the goal we had last season. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But again, that, that sort Conquer. of... That's it, yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly the same thing. I think he he's just too far down the pecking order. And it, it's silly, really. He's probably needs to go to a League Two club, doesn't he? Really? There, there was there's a big chat about him getting another loan out to another League One club, but you right. know potentially he might get games there, and it, it'll all change around. And, and Thompson Ollie, we did talk about this last week, didn't we? In terms of we thought he'd go back. Um, I think it's one of those ones we'll look back on as not a bad loan, but just one of those ones where if but for a couple of injuries at the wrong time for him, he might well have established himself a bit more and, and done a done a Ben Godfrey for the rest of the year. But he, he's just not been there when we needed him, has he? No. He hasn't. It's unfortunate. He's a pacey midfielder, which is obviously quite a you know exciting element in League One. You don't get that many midfielders with with kind of genuine pace. Um, so yeah, it's a shame. Shame it didn't quite work out. But um, yeah, it gives us opportunity to maybe get in, get in a couple of other players. Um, and then talking alone players, and um, there was a bit of a scare midweek that um, O'Leary yeah. was going to go back to Bristol City. No, oh, no. Um, so it sounds like um, you know we heard um, the story um, last year about how we got. Um, we man- Ricketts managed to kind of have a chat with the Stoke management when we managed to get um, Tyrese Campbell on loan. Maybe yeah. a few nice bit of a chat over maybe a glass of wine out of the game meant that we're keeping O'Leary, which I think is... Murphy did really, really <laughs> fantastic in this game, to, to give him credit. But O'Leary's a fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah, we've, I think we've been consistent all season. Well, I have anyway about the fact I think Max is just a, a, a fair bit better than o, uh, the, the Murphy at the moment in terms of the career progression where he's at and his overall ability. I think Murphy's been a good goalkeeper. It's funny, I saw a chat online about a, a, fan, a fan of his previous club saying they were surprised that he would ever have been anywhere near starting for us. But there you go, all fans have different views. But yeah, O'Leary's been brilliant, hasn't he, to be fair. Yeah. And we, we talked last week and the week before, actually, where he'd come under a little bit of criticism for, for a couple of missed goals in the last few games. It seemed really harsh to us, but I don't know, where you, you're probably at the same point as us, is that he's been having a great season. He has had a great season. I mean, yeah. We're thinking about Henderson here all the time, aren't exactly. we, in the backgrounds. And yeah, I think the goal at Bolton, I would certainly question Mark why that happened. But, mm, uh, yeah, you know, generally he's a good shop stopper. Um, you know, I think we're lucky. We've always been blessed with good goalkeepers at Shrewsbury, I mean, in general. And it looks like we've got another two. That, yeah. Uh, Made the mark. Even the backups have been good. Obviously, with with McGivillary a few years ago, yeah. you know, not not getting much of a chance, but he was always great for us. And you just mentioned uh, Tyrese Campbell there, Ollie. He's been doing really well for Stoke recently. He started bagging the goals in for them, and they do owe us. They do owe us. You know, we did bring him on last year. <laughs> yeah, he's doing really, really well. I think it's fair to say that um, the chance of us getting him back on loan is um, pretty <laughs> much zero. Mm. There we go. And and one last thing on that before we look at who might be coming in. Um, 
we found out this week that we now know the shop's contract is up at the end of January rather than the start of January. So right. he will be hanging around until the end of January, you suspect, but um, we don't quite know yet what's going to happen with that, Ollie. Um, so he might be here for the rest of the year if they offer him a yeah. new deal or not. We don't know. And in terms of people coming in, it's been very quiet in terms of, you know, I've, my Will Grigg rumour didn't really go very well, anywhere last week, Ollie, but um, I've not heard anything. There's not been any sniffs of, of anything no, happening really in the normally, window. We don't normally hear rumours, do we? No, not really. No. Well, we do. Which is we normally hear, yeah, we normally hear something maybe like half an hour before it's going to happen. But um, true enough. Yeah, true enough. I think it's fair to say. But maybe yeah, I don't know if there's anything else to say for you to say on general transfer windows. I've got a couple of questions um, from listeners, which maybe I'll fire to you and aid. Yeah. Okay. So um, first one is from um, Robin Hood Shrew, and he said, "What is going on with Cummings and his lack of fitness?" It's odd, isn't it? It feels like it's an odd one. Like you can't really make out what's going on with this because we don't know the people and the characters involved. We've we've talked about that. He seems like a mad one, Cummings. From his social. Did you see his profile. video this morning? Yeah, so it, yeah. Feel, it felt like a reaction to people questioning his fitness, that he did a Rocky-style training montage video sort of thing, wasn't it, Ollie, where he was running really fast with his earphones in with the Rocky music on, and, and it feels like he does probably pay attention to a lot of what's said about him, Jason Cummins, and, and kind of reacts with that quality. I, I, I quite don't know, like the... I, I just saw it as just a video of a guy who's just been for a run posting something uh, daft. He's obviously, it's obviously a character, but I, let's take the positive from it that he was going for a run. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it just made the question, you know, how far away is he from... Because he's been with us for a few months now. And maybe he had a cold or something, um, a bit of man flu maybe over Christmas. But, yeah, I don't know. Aid, what do you think? He's a player. He's got a talent, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think he's going to come into his own. And I think he'll come in his own with uh, Lang. I think that's mm. how that's going to work. He is a joker, isn't he? I think the fans have uh, taken to him as a joker. I like him. Yeah. And when he was doing like the carpool karaoke, yeah. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. It shows he's a little bit of a character. Football's lacking characters nowadays, so uh, you know, let's stick with him. He'll be all right. Yeah, it's a, even if he didn't play a huge amount of games, I'll bet he's offered a lot in the dressing room in terms of that that character that you need. McCormick was another one like that, and they're obviously losing him now. So mm. you know, Cummins has probably taken on more of a role like that, and it's hard to know because we don't know all the characters Ollie from the dressing rooms. But you know, it does it does seem like that where you, you can make your judgment from the sorts of things he posts online and comes across in the club's media stuff. Um, but yeah, what's going on with him? Who knows? He obviously needs to go out and do more Rocky Trainer montage videos, and hopefully he'll be fit by the end of January. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So, a question, another question for you guys. Um, so, a question from Mark, um, and he says about a year ago, Faye was linked with a big money move to Sunderland. Um, you know, kind of where is he now? He is way back from there, I think. I think, you know, a lot of football clubs won't just abandon their interest and, and highly regarded thoughts about a player he's because not he's not coming up in stats, is he? So the de- stats no. data, but, you know, kind of data mining to try and find players. And kind of the question to Mark Bilden on it was, is this down to form or negative tactics not suiting him? Yeah, a bit of both, I think. And, and the, the tactics and how we've started playing it clearly wasn't suiting him the best at the start of season aid. I think he's clearly still a very good finisher, as was proved by his goal at Accrington, for example, and maybe some of the others he's got this season. And I, and I think... F- I think teams will rate him. However, he isn't going to be anywhere near a big money move anymore, purely because his contract has run down a load and he's only got six months left on it. So our chance to cash in on Faye has significantly degraded from possibly in the summer when maybe we should have took it. I don't know. It's always a hard judgment for the for Shrewsbury Town Football Club to make that, isn't it? It is, and I think you know we've been pretty cute over the last few seasons, yep. haven't we, yep. of doing that. You know, we have got money in the bank. 
but we've got to keep topping that up at some point. So you do wonder this transfer window or the next one, are we going to see some, some major changes? But yeah, let's stick with Okunabiri. He's all right. We've just got to, I think, again, find a way, a style of play, and then you've got two options. You have the Okunabiri-Udo option, I believe, mm. and then you'll have the Cummins line. I think that's how mm. this is going to work going forward. Isn't it interesting one, Ollie? Like, if you were Faye and someone from the football club town, town pitched up with an improved contract offer now for another two years... But you knew we were going to be playing under Sam Ricketts in this one striker up front style. Do you, do you think Faye would be, log- you know, my logical brain says Faye and his agent would say, we're going to look around, to be honest. We're going to go and find somewhere where we're going to get a chance to score goals because we want this young lad to kick on his career and go play championship football. It doesn't strike you that hanging around playing for Shrewsbury in a Sam Ricketts team with, a, with possibly not scoring a lot of goals would be great for his career. I think, yeah, obviously we wouldn't know the insight of what the plan is. Hopefully it is to maybe play with two strikers. Um, we yeah, have done yeah. it at this point of the year. But I think, yeah, he's not going to, uh, you know, you'd wait to uh, imagine if he was Asian, you'd tell him to see what offers you can get. Maybe you might want to go back down to London or something like that. Who knows? But yeah, um, I, yeah it's what an interesting one. I guess And a, one question from myself for you guys. Is there any player that any player or players that you're worried that we might lose? Yeah, I think Norburn. I think Norbin, it depends who we bring in, doesn't it? You know, depending on certain rumours you hear. But yeah, I, I wonder how we can accommodate, you know, that, that type of player. Um, what, what I'm trying to say is I think Norbin, Norbin's going to be more consistent. And I think if he is, then he's going to, people will pick up on him. And I think for now, that would be a big loss for us going forward, trying to build a team. I I agree with A to a certain extent. I wouldn't say I'm wor- the the phrase worried wouldn't get me about it because we would take good money for him because he signed a new contract mm-hmm. for a start. So that's good for the football club going forward. And I do think that be- between the midfielders we've got and potentially people you could strengthen, we'd be all right. We still wouldn't be getting ourselves in a relegation battle. It might hamper us taking things further a little bit. And there's much more in Norburn to come out. I think in another type of team. I wouldn't say I was overly worried. I think for me, I'd be more worried about anyone trying to unsettle that, that centre back partnerships. Yeah. That would worry me more, Ollie, because that's what we're built on. And if suddenly a Pierre, as his head turned, or uh, Beckles, or any any of the four of them, really, it, it might just unsettle that narrative a little bit and make us a bit shoddier at the back. And suddenly mm. we're not in games where we can nick games 1-0. We're 2-3 we're down and we're chasing goals. We just haven't been regularly scoring. I think, as a huge Town fan, you would worry more about our defence uh, getting picked apart or even losing, you know, say, Bristol City, go mad and recall a Leary. That would be more unsettling to us as a team than any of the attacking positions. Yeah, for me, it's only really Pierre... But fortunately, we've got yeah, a long term contract. I did exactly. ask, um, uh, let's call him a football friend um, who works as an analyst. And I asked him, is there any of our players coming up, you know, from their stats and their data? Um, and kind of like the kind of good news is in the sense that no one is, which is also disappointing <laughs> as well, that no one is coming up. The only one he really mentioned was Pierre. Um, Laurent, for example, as I mentioned it earlier on, kind of alluded to it. You know, his, his dribbling is really good, but his his shots and, and and passing is not quite there. So, yeah, from a in terms of you know, last last time this year we were talking about Faye and Norburn. I think we're generating risks, but yeah, yes, I think the lack of goals is probably going to help us in the sense of not lose anyone because obviously they're not going to be coming up with the assists and, and goal stats. I don't think centre backs are too sexy of a signing for other clubs to be making in January either, no. are they? And so I think playing is... in a back three as well is also <laughs> going to be uh, maybe raise a little bit of concern for someone who plays a back two. Yeah, 
True enough, true enough. Okay. Good. All right. No one out and a few in. <laughs> Job done. Um, we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll keep covering the transfer windows. It goes on, Ollie, won't we? Um, and we'll just wrap up with predictions, really. We both went for town to lose at Bristol City. So that was poor. You were closer. You went for us to lose 2-1. So you weren't far off. I said we get gubbed 2-0. So completely wrong. Um, so we'll let Aid pick first. We've got, obviously, Lincoln City at home on Saturday. Yeah. Um, we've got Doncaster not... on Tuesday away. Yeah. Yes. Are you going Sorry. to? Are you guys going to that? Yes. I probably will go to Doncaster, yeah, and I'm definitely going to the Lincoln game. Um, but, yeah, Doncaster, I mean, I don't know how much you want to cover Doncaster, really, Ollie. No, <laughs> well, was, I think it's worth really just saying maybe just to cover both games that um, Doncaster are one point below us, one point behind us and one place below us, and Lincoln are two places below us. So, it's in some ways, it's nice to play two teams that are below us in the league table, but I think it's fair to say that on 30, we've got 32, they've got 31, they've got 30 points. Um, and it's yeah. fair to say that, you know... Um, they are in a very, very similar position to us. There's a cigarette paper between about 10 teams around where we are at the moment, isn't there? And it's, it's, it's nothing to take on it. But we, we will do the predictions just for, for Lincoln, Ollie, which is um, the one we're going to do. And I, they've not been on the greatest run recently um, from looking at their results. But I don't know. I still haven't forgiven them for uh, Wembley. <laughs> so, uh, And obviously we didn't have the greatest performance at their place, did we? That was pretty one of the more shocking away performances this season. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to go for us to win, though. I'm going to go for us to win 2-1, Ollie. Cool. Um, yeah, they've had a tough run of fixtures. So they, they lost to Oxford and 1-0. They beat um, Ipswich 5-3. Um, they lost to Peter... Sorry, they beat Peterborough 2-1. And then they lost to Sunderland 3-1. Yeah. So they're doing... But, yeah, I think... I don't know. Away from home, they're not doing so well. Um, I'm going to go for a uh, a 1-0 win to Shrewsbury. And I did say Aid could pick first and then Tony we didn't, just talked Yeah, talk, you just talk, ignored talk, him. Talk, but... <laughs> just talked all over him. Standard, again, operating procedure for this podcast, Ollie. But yeah, what about you, Aid? What do you think Yeah, I, I think a sneaky 1-0. Oh, um, I think Lincoln are a bit like us. They're a, a team in transition. Um, I think, you know, I know, obviously I know a lot of people from Lincoln. You do. Um, and we're looking forward to playing them. And I'm, I'm actually going to be playing for the Lincoln team. I, I should just bring is, this up, Ollie. Aid is, Aid is oh, betraying his beloved blue and amber, but we've got an away sports game in the morning. And when I was playing for the away sports, and even when Aid was playing for the away sports in probably the generation before me, um, we used to play Lincoln all the time. They were one of the teams that were really active in supporters football. And they've sadly drifted off in the last few years. As people have got older, they've not played for maybe three, four years, something like that. And so a guy called Rob, who you know pretty well, don't you, Aid, yeah. got in contact with me just before Christmas and said, it'll be great if we could get a game with your away sports now, but bring our veterans over. And I was like, yeah, more than happy with that. <laughs> the lads were like looking for a, looking forward to a game as well. Um, and so, because Aid's known these lads for years, and then they're good friends, I suggest yep. a lot of them. Yeah. Aid is is going to pull on the the imps uniform for one morning only to get a photo yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, the, I asked him like you know what sort of styley do they want me to play, and I said I can do Matt Reed without the aggression. Like <laughs> that's gone down really well apparently. Oh, thinking, I'll, I'll, no. I'll warn our goalkeeper about that. Yeah, but in, in all seriousness, yeah. I mean, I, I, Probably this will be the last ever time I sort of Aww. ever play five minutes or whatever it's going to be. And I've sort of been warned that I may sort of end up aching for weeks on end. But don't expect me to run. As I said to Chris Wynn early, I never ran anyway in my in my career, really. But um, no, I'm looking forward. It's going to be good to catch up with them. And um, hopefully this time we'll get the result. It's great. And it's good. Hopefully they get an away sports team going again. And, and it's again, Ollie, like we talk about in terms of the, the things we get involved with, I suppose it's 
bringing those fans together, that social side of it, not just for us, you know, getting to know Lincoln fans like Aid and his, his friends did over the years, but also our new lads who are starting to get to know each other this year, new town fans getting to know other town fans. It, honestly, it's been brilliant. You know, we've, I've had, not had any games over Christmas, but the amount of sort of chats we've had between sort of town fans that have started playing for the away supporters at the away games and bits and pieces has been brilliant. So, so glad that's going very well. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get another win under our belts and, and Aid doesn't score against us and we'll be back next week, Holly. <laughs> cool, yeah. So yeah, thanks guys for listening. And um, yeah, we'll be back after two league games so let's see where we are after that yeah and thanks for joining us again Aid. you're always more than welcome on the podcast and uh, we'll, we'll get you on before the end of the season and uh, yeah hopefully we'll be going somewhere mate brilliant pleasure as always guys thank you It is Fane, isn't it? We, we, I'm going to pronounce this. I don't think we mentioned him before. Fane, 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 Fane. Okay, I'll say that. Fane. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>